The Jones Report postgame report is coming up in just a few moments. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at No Coast Lids, a hat brand based out of Lawrence, Kansas, a company that embraces Midwestern values such as hard work, having fun, and treating everyone the right way. Their signature hats include the Kansas Sunrise, the Kansas Thunderstorm, the No Coast Freedom, and many more. Each hat is specifically represented with wheat, windmills, buffalo, and storm clouds, which showcase the heart of Kansas. The four colors found in all designs display the four seasons we have. Green for spring, blue for summer, red for fall, and white for winter. Kansas Sunrise hoodies are also coming soon. All products can be found with pictures and pricing on No Coast Lids Facebook page in the shops section. Hat styles available include truckers, fitted, beanies, and visors. Visit No Coast Lids on Facebook. Tell them that Tyler Jones sent you, and you'll be glad you did. The Jones Report is also presented by SmackApparel.com. SmackApparel.com offers the best in your face-themed shirts to get under your opponent's skin. These guys have hilarious pro football and college football-themed shirts for you to support your favorite team, but more importantly, to diss your rivals. And for a limited time, they're offering you 20% off Chiefs Super Bowl-winning shirts, including Party Like It's 1969 and the 31-20 Game Over shirts. Get 20% off with the promo code 2020Chiefs, only good for purchases on smackapparel.com and put the promo code in at checkout for the discount. That's promo code 2020Chiefs. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is the first edition of our new Monday show, the postgame report. No guest. We're going to be with you all throughout football season as we look back on the weekend that was in both the NFL and in college football. No guests, just me and Thomas Bridges here with you for the next half hour looking back at the weekend that was. And as always, you can subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review. We would love to hear from you there. And uh, this show going to be a little bit different than what we do typically on Thursdays with the big show, with a guest and everything. On normal circumstances, uh, it'll be just Tom and I sitting down, uh, looking back at what happened and giving our thoughts and looking to the week ahead, uh, kind of reset things going forward. So Thomas Bridges joins me right now. Tom, we uh, we started this show years ago doing five days a week for 30 minutes, so to do a 30-minute show on Mondays uh, feels like old time's sake of some sorts, uh, but glad to be doing this, uh, a condensed Jones Report to kick off the week. You know, I like it. Uh, this is not our first rodeo, uh, and, and, you know, we'll pack a bunch of info in this 30-minute show, uh, and it'll be great quick listen for your Monday morning or Monday uh, afternoon or Monday night. What You know, even you might even listen on Tuesday. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, Tom, the first question I want to start with, I'm going to borrow this from Dan Patrick. What did we learn? And what was the thing that we learned from this past weekend, the first weekend of Power 5 football on the college side and the NFL first weekend of the regular season as well? 
What I learned, Tom, was that the bottom half of the Big 12 is really bad. The Sun Belt goes 3-0 and against the Big 12 Conference, which included wins by uh, none other than Louisiana beating Iowa State, Arkansas State beating K-State, and I saw firsthand Coastal Car- Carolina lay a shellacking on KU. Not a uh, good run at all for the Big 12 Conference. Texas Tech barely beat Houston Baptist, which probably most folks didn't know existed uh, before Saturday night. Now, the teams that did play in the upper half of the Big 12 Conference, Oklahoma had a great showing against Missouri State. Texas played great against UTEP. Those things were expected. And then we didn't see Baylor play. We didn't see TCU play. We didn't see Oklahoma State play as they were dealing with some COVID issues of sorts with their opponents. And so uh, we're going to see Baylor play Houston this upcoming week. Oklahoma State's going to play Tulsa this upcoming week as well. But uh, speaking for those bottom half teams, what we thought was a league that could potentially have some depth here uh, I mean, the, the league's gap really closed in just a matter of time. And then on top of that, Tom, why did the Big 12 even bother playing non-conference games? All they did was just embarrass themselves this weekend. When you see that the Big 10 is talking about playing uh, you know, a schedule beginning October 17th, and we'll talk about that later on in the show, that would be a conference-only schedule. The SEC is playing a conference-only schedule. The ACC is playing 10 conference games and their conference championship game. There was just really no benefit, and it really exposed the Big 12, and that's going to have a stain on the league for the rest of the year, Tom. Yeah, it is, and you let the Raging Cajuns come into Ames, uh, right into Jack Trice in front of friends and family, and beat you not in a close game, not in a, not in a oh you know one off type deal. No, they shellacked your ass. Uh, I mean, and and that was the one of the games I was so sure of. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Iowa State, K State. I wouldn't even called in the bottom half. Uh, if you would have told me the top five teams, number five. As far as top five in the Big 12, number five would have been either K-State or Iowa State, and obviously the other four would have been OU, OSU, Texas, and Baylor. Um, You mentioned Texas Tech. Uh, They were projected to win by at least 40. did not happen. I didn't know who Houston Baptist was. I am one of those people. (laughs) I had no idea they existed. Uh, I mean, terrible. And then, yeah, West Virginia got the win against Eastern Kentucky that got that ass beat by Marshall 59 to zero in the first week. So to be expected, uh, but still come on. Oh, it was, it was bad. Uh, the showing for the big 12 conference and hopefully there's better things to come with, uh, Oklahoma State taking on Tulsa this week, and uh, Baylor taking on Houston. Tom, what did you learn? This Jones, week? I'm nervous. I am. I am. Before we move on, I am nervous. I am nervous a little bit. I think OSU pulls out the win, but considering all things of the Big Big Twelve showing, I'm a, a touch bit nervous. Yeah, uh, and you Tulsa might have game. to. I think OSU will be fine. And you might have to go undefeated now in the Big Twelve to make the playoff if you're the Big 12 champion at this point going forward. Uh, if you're a team that lost 
a non-conference game, you're definitely already done before the season's begun as far as your playoff hopes. But if you're a team in the Big 12 based on how bad the league looked, getting smacked by the Sun Belt like that, it's hard to argue you deserving a playoff spot if uh, you have one loss considering who else you played in the league. Tom, what did you learn this week? Jones, I learned a couple of things, and, and you know, we, we have some similar sentiments on the Big 12 and just college football, but as far as the NFL goes, I think we learned today that, or, you know, on Sunday, I think we learned that the NFC is NFC West is wide open. Uh, we had all picked on Thursday Seattle to go ahead and cover against the Falcons, and they did so in, in a pretty impressive fashion. Um, I did not see, and I don't think anybody saw the Cardinals coming out first game, uh, second season for Cliff and, and, and beating the 49ers. That was impressive. And then, you know, the Rams, uh, you know, hang, hang on and win in their first game in SoFi against Dallas. Uh, the West, NFC West is wide open. I also learned uh, that, that, that Camara signing for the Saints, very, you know, that ended up paying off. I think he, I, he almost had three touchdowns, which I believe would have been his second or third game as a Saint with three touchdowns. Uh, not always done, especially with the passing attack of Drew Brees. But learn that as well. And we also learned that Tampa Bay, there's a few kinks to work out, uh, which is to be expected. Uh, I don't think they're just going to have a losing season right off the bat, just off of one game. But, you know, I still feel about Tampa Bay. Uh, also learned, and I said this on Thursday on the Thursday show, that we were going to have a classic game from Go Pack Go Aaron Rodgers, uh, and he did. Had four touchdowns. A couple of those, I believe, were to Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams looks like uh, a, a real threat for maybe the best receiver right out of the gate for this upcoming season. Uh, looked phenomenal, and if you had him on your fantasy team, you'll probably win this week. Yeah, unless the Packers found – the next Hall of Fame quarterback in Jordan Love, the performance that Aaron Rodgers put on Sunday pointed to why on earth did you draft Jordan Love? There was just no need based on the performance Aaron Rodgers threw up. We saw vintage Aaron Rodgers against a decent defense against Minnesota. So that one had me shaking my head. Uh, A very good performance from Aaron Rodgers, and we know that his time in Green Bay is – is limited, and he's still showing that he's still got some game left. Wherever his next destination is going to be, that he's still capable of playing at a high level. Starting with the Kansas City Chiefs, on Thursday night they defeat the Texans 34-20. They outscored the Texans 17-0 in the second quarter, 7-0 in the third quarter. Uh, I I believe this team was just on another level, it seemed like, compared to Houston. I know that it was a 14-point win, but the Chiefs should have probably won by more. Ask Tyron Matthew. He would say the same thing. He said he was pissed off that they gave up 14 points in the uh, final quarter when uh, they went into the fourth up uh, You know, 24-7 to was uh, the lead that they had there. But one of the things you want to talk about learning, Tom, uh, the Chiefs last year, we saw this team move the ball fast and through the air in a vertical passing attack. That was simply not the case on Thursday night. The Chiefs moved the ball through a short passing game and through Clyde edwards Lair having a debut of 25 carries for 138 yards and one touchdown. The Texans played a lot of cover two defensively. 
Chiefs took what the defense gave them, and the offense still had a fantastic result. If you thought the Chiefs were dangerous before, turns out they can win in more ways than one. They can run the ball, wear out clock, and also win with a short passing game. That win on Thursday night should have set an alarm to the rest of the league, Tom. Yeah, it should have. And, you know, they started the first quarter slow. Um, there was a touchdown that was called back um, and didn't go the way it should have for the Chiefs there. But they persevered and uh, came back and won that game. Clyde edwards Hilaire, I, I still think, and, there, you know, we still have two games to play tonight, uh, being the Titans and the Broncos and, and the Giants and the Steelers. Um, from those running backs that play, I can't imagine that they put up power in yards. I believe that Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming into week two will be the rushing leader. Uh, and if that doesn't scare you if you're an opposing team, it should because a rookie coming off a performance like that on a Mahomes-led team with the hell of a wide receiver group and Travis Kelsey, uh, everyone else is in trouble. Yeah, uh, big win for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes had – barely over 200 passing yards. They didn't need him to throw for 300-plus to win. And the last point I'll make on the Chiefs, Tom, is that's totally different from the first two years in Kansas City for uh, Patrick Mahomes and company. If you recall, the defense was so bad, the Chiefs were having to outscore their opponents, uh, You know, try to score as quickly as possible and get as many points on the board. Um, as opposed to being able to manage the game and run the football and such. Uh, that's totally different than two years ago, that the Chiefs have this ability that they didn't have before. This hasn't existed for a long time. For Patrick Mahomes to have help like that, and realistically, more importantly, that defense to play like that, this is a whole different t- Chiefs team than two years ago, Tom. That showed on Thursday. Uh, yeah, definitely does. Uh, I mean, just just um, the the way and the fashion that that the Chiefs, you know, handled themselves on a Thursday night with a little bit of controversy that that was eventually kind of resolved. It seemed like uh, was impressive. First game out of the gate. Um, it was the only game that I can can think of watching that I actually sit down and watched uh, with actual fans in the stands. Um, and they were looked like they were spread out enough, so that's good. But yeah, that and the uh, Jags um, game and, were the, the only fact that games they had with fans. fans, right? You see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that game. But they had, Jags had a nice win against Philip Rivers, new, you know, new Philip, new Indianapolis Colts, Philip Rivers. Uh, that was a surprising one as well. But uh, yeah, had fans seemed spaced out enough. They were loud, and I, I expected that from Kansas City. But it was mentioned several times throughout the broadcast on, hey, that's not pumped-in crowd noise. That is Kansas City fans. Uh, so they were out. They're trying to run it back. Uh, you know, and you got to think Kansas City, you know, the Chiefs appreciate that. And, by the way, the controversy that Tom's speaking of, the pregame, which seems like a month ago now, uh, they, you know, there was a few bad hombres that booed the uh, Chiefs and Texans unity thing. And from all eyewitness accounts and video that was posted, 
the majority of the boos were going on when the Texans were entering the field. It wasn't towards the unity thing, and then the fake news mainstream media blew it out of proportion and everything uh, from there. It was a, made Kansas City look a lot bad, uh, a lot worse than what they really were. But I'm glad to see this thing has moved on, that we can move past that and that uh, Kansas City can, t- can keep its great reputation of a, a great fan base and very kind people. Let's run through these other NFL games here real quick, Tom. The uh, Seahawks take down the Falcons. Great win for Russell Wilson and company. Uh, and the, the way that they did it, 38-25, to 25, that's a lot of offense for Seattle on the road in uh, that fashion uh, like they did. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, and you know what's funny? I thought was really funny. Um, the I'm trying to think. The defensive back, the new defensive back for Seattle, they ask him. I can't think of who it is. Is it is it Diggs from from uh, the Lions? Maybe. Uh, um, yes. That is playing for them now. And they ask, oh no, it's it's uh, Jets. It's um, Adams. Jamal Adams. It's Adams. Yes. They ask Adams. Yeah, they asked Jamal Adams, "Hey, what do you think about all these points?" And he was like, "He and he, uh, kind of sarcastic, said pretty much said I didn't think it was possible to score 38, or I haven't seen 38 points scored in a long time for the team that I'm playing on. Uh, maybe a shot at the Jets a little bit, but rightfully deserved. Um, and they did. They they went out, handled business in Atlanta, um, and like I said, NFC West wide open. Yeah, and uh, the Falcons." Dan Quinn, how does this guy still have a job? I'm thinking he's got to go halfway through the season uh, at the very least. Uh, Dan Quinn, not one of the better coaches in the league. Speaking of Jamal Adams' former team, the Jets, they fell the Bills 27-17. to Josh Allen with 312 yards through the air, two touchdowns, 57 yards on the ground as well. Tom, Josh Allen proving to be one of the better mobile quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I mean, them coming out, they were pretty much expected to beat the Jets today, but uh, impressive showing from Josh Allen and and your coach of the year pick for uh, Bill's head coach. uh, Sean McDermott. Looks promising so far. Yeah, yeah, very, very so. The uh, Bears take down the Lions. Uh, The Bears were down by a lot entering the fourth quarter. And Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, let me repeat one more time. Mitch Trubisky pulled off a three-touchdown comeback in the fourth quarter to rally the Bears to win on the road, 27-23. to How? Where? No one saw this coming, Tom. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I would have taken the Bears, to be honest. I would have taken the Bears, but not in the fashion that they ended up pulling it off. Um, to be fair, the the Lions, I believe, were favored, and I would have took the the Bears with the with you know given the points that they were given. But uh, still impressive, Jones. It's not going to make you switch your Super Bowl pick though. Uh, <laughs> back to the to the year before on the Bears, is it? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, but I was impressed with Mitch, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, Adrian Peterson, AD all day, showing up again. Uh, he had close to a hundred yards rushing. In his uh, debut with the Lions, uh, Father Time has not defeated A.D., uh, one of the top ten running backs of all time. Good debut for him there in uh, Detroit. We mentioned the Packers and their win against the Vikings, 43-34. to 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 364 yards, four touchdowns, vintage Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams with 14 receptions for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Both these teams, Tom, got to be feeling really good about their offenses, especially a Green Bay team that last year uh, could not score at all against San Francisco in that NFC Championship game. And we know about Aaron wanting some help on an offense this offseason. He didn't get much, but uh, it looks like that uh, Devontae Adams came through for him. It did. And, and uh, you know, as much as I hate Iowa State, you know, my not love for Brocktober and Iowa State, and I do like Matt Campbell, but former Cyclone, uh, Alan Lazard was on the stat sheet pretty well today. Uh, you like to see that too, considering he was undrafted, and you know he's always been a good hands guy, a big guy. You know, I think he's got to be at least six, at least six five, six six. Um, so it's not that he has lack of weapons; it's just that they failed to continually add to the weapons that Aaron Rodgers could have. But did not matter today. Vikings did put up a good fight in the end, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, like I said, classic game from him. Uh, he seems pissed. Uh, and that's a scary thing. It is. The Patriots in Cam Newton's debut in New England get the win over Miami 21-11. to Cam went 15 of 19 for 155 yards, 15 carries for 75 yards on the ground with two rushing touchdowns. Uh, granted, it was Miami. I know they're not a great team, but not a bad outing from Cam in uh, his first uh, game with uh, the Patriots there. I love to see it. Uh, you know, that's my most improved player of the year or comeback player of the year, so to speak. And like you did say, it is Miami. Um, but it would hard not to be, after the showing we've seen from the Jets today against the Bills, uh, would hard not to be to, to at least put New England in second place in that division already. Yeah. Uh, let's go through these a little bit quicker here. A few more here. Raiders and the uh, Panthers. The Raiders top the Panthers 34 230. Derek Carr goes 22 of 30 for 239 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs, the Tulsa kid, with uh, 25 carries, 93 yards, and three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had a nice day with 96 yards and two touchdowns, but not enough. Teddy Bridgewater, not a bad first game in Carolina either with 270 yards and one touchdown. This game turned into a shootout, and uh, the Raiders' offense uh, showing some life there. A, a good sign for uh, Las Vegas as they get ready for their uh, home opener in their new stadium next week. Right. It was good to see the Raiders uh, you know, bring that. Uh, Matt Rule, not a bad first showing for him. Does obviously take the loss, but uh, – uh, that game, maybe the highest scoring game, total points all, all you know, I say all season, first week so far. I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs-Texans was maybe a little bit higher, but uh, 64 points in that game. Uh, Raiders look good so far. Colts and Jaguars. The Jags uh, win 27-20, to a uh, come-from-behind victory as uh, Phillip Rivers threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter, and Gardner Minshew played outstanding. 19 of 20, 173 yards, and three touchdowns. What stood out more to you, Tom, the collapse of Phillip Rivers and the Colts or the showing from uh, Gardner Minshew and the Jags? I did not expect Minshew to go 19 of 20. Uh, I mean, that that either he's dinking or dumping, or uh, maybe the Colts' defense is just that bad. Uh 
uh, pretty much solidifies that it's going to be a race between Texans and the Titans uh, in that division. Yeah, uh, watch out there. The uh, Jags uh, certainly surprising some folks in what was uh, dubbed a rebuilding year. How about the Ravens? Uh, 38-6 win over the Browns. Lamar Jackson, 20 of 25, 275 yards and three touchdowns through the through the air. Seven carries for 45 yards. Baker Mayfield with a bad day, 21 of 39, 189 yards, one touchdown and one interception. The Browns, uh, when, when they had that fake punt at the beginning of the game on their first possession, that was kind of foreshadowing for the rest of how that game would go. It was just a really bad day for the Browns. For Lamar, what I liked, Tom, was uh, this guy with uh, his three touchdowns through the air and 75 yards on the ground. He was effective throwing the ball down the field and also staying in the pocket. Uh, in the pocket. That's what we need to see from Lamar to take this next step in the maturation process is to throw the football down the field and stay in the pocket more. Sunday was a great first step in uh, his progression. Yeah, it was. I mean, he he looked like he's done some work in the offseason and he, he looks to, you know, be expounding on his MVP season last year. Uh, probably wants a little redemption from the playoffs, I'd imagine. So Baltimore is going to be tough. As far as the Browns go, Baker, not a great day, uh, not a good day. Um, and Cybert misses the PAT and the fake punt. I don't know what that was either. Uh, and then for the Browns, Odell Beckham, two at 22 yards. Uh, it's not going to cut it. It's not not at all. It. Not at all. And uh, Baker, based on his accuracy and the way he's played in, uh, you know, the last – two seasons he's not convincing me to buy hulu live or progressive insurance anytime soon um how about the chargers and the Bengals? this was a surprisingly good game the Bengals had a chance to send this game to overtime as uh joe burrow in his debut was leading the Bengals down the stretch with the chance to uh send it to ot and randy bullock pulled a hamstring in the field goal attempt it was no good shanked it and the Chargers get their first win with Terod Taylor as their starting quarterback. Tom, uh, Joe Burrow played really good that second half. I hate to see the game in that way, uh, considering uh, you know how well he he was playing there with a the shot to win. You hate to see it come down to a kicker with an, a hammy like that. I didn't see that coming. I don't think anybody did. And Joe Burrow is one of those guys that's a fighter. Uh, and, and if the team asked Joe Burrow to be the kicker from here on out, I think Joe would be uh, there. I, I bet he would be there Monday morning uh, practice and field goals. That's just the type of player Joe Burrow is. Yeah. Uh, it, so I, Bengals might surprise some team. I think they look good uh, as far as Joe Burrow getting his first start in Cincinnati. Yeah, he had a, a gritty 23-yard touchdown run, and people forget – how mobile this guy is, that he's a pretty good runner, too, and he certainly showed that uh, in that performance. But the uh, Chargers uh, starting out the year 1-0. and How about the uh, Saints and the Buccaneers? We talked about this earlier. Tom Brady, not a great performance with uh, two interceptions, including a pick six, but the Saints' offense was uh, just on fire. Obviously, the Buccaneers have a lot of work to do. I think there's potential with this Bucks team, but – uh, they still have a long ways to go. The Saints got off to a bit of a slow start, but then after that, 
it was back to Saints football, a well-oiled machine. They were certainly more ready for this game than Tampa Bay was, Tom. Yeah, I think so. And that Bucks defense will improve. That's a tough, that's a tough bet for any team to say, "Hey, your first game is against the Saints." Uh, and and Camaro was fantastic. Uh, I mean, it. He, you know, he made that contract extension, that signing worth it, at least in the first game. Uh, you know, and not playing uh, and in front of any fans in the Superdome, that was that was the game that made it a little surreal for me. Yeah, and the other thing, too, with the box, uh, while all the talk's going to be about Brady and his two picks, their new guys didn't look great. Leonard Fournette had five carries, just five yards. Uh, and uh, then you saw from uh, Gronk, he had just two catches for 11 yards. Those guys will get better as the season progresses. This team just has a long ways to go, some work to do. The uh, Cardinals get a 24-20 win over the 49ers, a big upset win for the uh, Arizona squad, taking down the reigning NFC champions. DeAndre Hopkins was unbelievable. 14 receptions, 151 yards. Kyler Murray has a a fun new weapon there in uh, Arizona, Tom. Yeah, I mean, 14 at 151. Uh, I mean, you still have Larry Fitzgerald, but obviously this will probably be his last season. Uh, Makes the pain of losing that guy. Not so bad when you got Hopkins over there as well. <laughs> it uh, certainly helps. Uh, Sunday night football, the Rams take down the Cowboys 20-17. to A really good game that went back and forth throughout the night. And, uh, I mean, a lot of ways that you could look at this game, Tom. I think with the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, it's going to take time. They still have a ways to go to adapting to what Mike McCarthy wants to do, and he made some questionable decisions. But on the Rams' front, I really like what their receivers brought to the table. Robert Woods with 105 yards. Higby was good. Cup was good, among others here. That Rams team, uh, with that defense that we already know how good they are with Aaron Donald dominating the night and such, the Rams uh, could surprise some people. I think they're a lot better than people anticipated to open up 2020. The offense looked phenomenal. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's a whole new game from from last season when they couldn't block anybody. They couldn't get the running game going. Uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, Henderson and, and the rookie Cam Akers. Sean McVay said he's going to do a trio of running backs there. Seemed to work out fantastic in the first game. Uh Sean McVay, 4-0 four open, four season openers so far in his career. Uh, I like to see it, especially as a Rams fan. Uh, and one more for you. We almost missed this. Uh, the Washington football team gets the win over the Eagles 27-17. The Eagles led 17 to nothing at the halftime break and gave up 27 unanswered as uh, Carson Wentz just fell apart down the stretch. And uh, Dwayne Haskins. Pulls it through. Washington's in first place now. Tom, this was the upset of the weekend. Nobody saw this coming, especially considering how much the Eagles collapsed. Uh, I would have never guessed it. Uh, I would have never guessed that would have been the case. Uh, Rams actually have Eagles next week, and then we'll obviously see Giants play your Steelers tonight. Uh, Not a good showing for the NFC so far. No, uh, former Jayhawk, uh, Stephen Sims Jr., by the way, for Washington, had a nice showing with uh, three catches for a 50 yards, so good to see that. Haskins uh, 
played much better in that second half. The Eagles uh, have some problems to uh, work over. And uh, Jalen Rager, who we heard so much about, Tom, uh, just one catch, a 55-yard catch nonetheless. And uh, we didn't see Jalen Hurts either. Uh, be interested to see if they come up with a package for him at some point down the road. Let's talk about tonight's games real quick. Steelers taking on the Giants. Steelers are a six-point favorite the game in New York. Uh, Tom, I still need to see more from Daniel Jones uh, to be fully convinced of what he could do as a uh, uh, starter in this league. The Steelers, you bring back a healthy Big Ben and everything. They've been waiting for this day for a long time. I expect the Steelers to dominate tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm not convinced on Daniel Jones, though I wasn't convinced last season, and he made me question my, you know, take ability there. So, uh, you know, I think Giants will put, you know, they're not going to be, it's not going to be a blowout, I don't think, but uh, Steelers are going to manage this game all the way through, I think. Titans taking on the Broncos. Titans, of course, were the AFC championship last year. The Broncos found out they're going to be without Von Miller here. Tom, uh, I'm all in on the on the Titans to uh, win this game here. I think the Broncos have a bright future, but uh, this season's going to be a lot rougher for them without Von Miller. Without Von Miller, uh, I cannot pick Denver here. I may have picked Denver if Von Miller was in this game at home. Yeah, I mean, now you take out Von Miller out of the middle. Derrick Henry should have a big day. Uh, I think I think he has a great day, and uh, I, I think the Titans come away. Let's, uh, let's talk some college football. We mentioned the bad week for the Big 12. And uh, looking at just how things went for the Big 12 conference of those uh, three losses there, Iowa State, K-State, and uh, KU losing to Coastal Carolina. Of those three, Tom, what was the most surprising? I would say Iowa State, especially considering they're by far, I felt, the best of those three teams. And they got beat the worst of any of those three teams. What say you? Yeah, I was I was shocked. That was the game I was almost most sure on, and I was proved wrong. Uh, not a good showing starting out for Brock Purdy. Uh, not a good showing out starting out for Matt Campbell either. Uh, I mean, Iowa State, we say it every year, win nine games will take you seriously. Uh, they might not win. They're not, I don't think this is the year they win nine games. No, they would have to win nine straight at this point if that's the case. Uh, Brock Purdy, you know I love Brock. Uh, he was MIA in that second half. Uh, he was really struggling. Uh, Louisiana came in with a great game plan. Give him credit there. Uh, Oklahoma defeats Missouri State 48 to nothing. The uh, the Sooners' offense was just terrific. Uh, Rattler, a great debut, 290 yards, four touchdowns. OU was without a lot of guys, but still uh, Rattler had a, a great showing. It was basically a glorified scrimmage, but nonetheless, a uh, impressive start for the uh, Rattler era in Norman. Yeah, no, it was all business. Mordecai didn't look terrible. There is another guy that I would not heard of, Jacobs, C. Jacobs. Uh, not familiar with him, but he looked pretty quick. Granted, it is Missouri State, but uh, might be a lot of like a Jay Walsh, J.W. Walsh, from what I saw. Uh, I know that's in Stillwater, not Norman, but uh, OU all business. Yeah, uh, and uh, they'll have a week off before they begin Big 12 play against uh, K-State. We mentioned the Cats and their loss to Arkansas State. The offense wasn't the issue. They scored 31 points. 
the defense just simply couldn't stop anybody. And last year, it was kind of the opposite for K-State. Their defense was really good. Scotty Hazleton leading that group last year. They looked like one of the best defenses in the Big 12. Now they got a big problem on their hands. Uh, could be an identity crisis of sorts there in Manhattan if that defense is and uh, doesn't get better too quickly here. Yeah, ask that offense to keep up with, you know, the better half of the Big 12, um, and and let's see what happens. They did still play an Arkansas State Sun Belt defense uh, and, and still couldn't close the door uh, there. So concern in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, concern to say the least. And uh, Skyler Thompson got pulled at one point for Will Howard, uh, and uh, Skyler did come back and finish the game. But you got to wonder – uh, what they're thinking about Will Howard going forward if uh, he's going to get more playing time. KU and their loss to Coastal Carolina, 38-23. to uh, The Jayhawks were down 28-3 to at halftime. And although that they had a comeback of sorts in the second half, they never really made this much of a game. Uh, and they were without five of their skill position starters by the end of the night, including Puka Williams. And Puka only got 12 carries. They have to get Puka more involved. Uh, Thomas McVitie was a mess. Miles Kendrick played much better in the second half. I think if you look at this Kansas game, you got problems on that offensive line. They got bullied around by Coastal Carolina. The back end of that secondary is way too young, and they got a lot of growing up to do. And then, on top of all that, you got to get those guys back. And I think you got to go with Miles Kendrick as your guy going forward. If they're going to keep giving McVitie time, I think that's going to do more damage than good here. I would go all in with Miles Kendrick. I think that KU could still find a way to win a Big 12 game, but a huge missed opportunity for the Jayhawks. They need to get every win they can of the non-conference. Uh, very disappointing, but not surprising from KU on Saturday night. No, it wasn't surprising. And, you know, we did all take KU, all of us, not – you know, even including the ones that weren't on the show on Thursday, uh, Nolan, Jose, and Derek, or I guess maybe four, Billy as well, but um, didn't, you know, all have taken KU. That's the game that we had all faltered on. We did all finish over 500, though, or 500 or better, so that's good. But as far as KU, we said it on Thursday. We're going to find out who the quarterback of the future, well, maybe not the future, but this season should be for KU. I agree. It should be Miles Kendrick. Jones, if KU was the first game out of the slate uh i would say they wouldn't win a game this season but with texas tech showing out poorly but still barely beating houston baptist iowa state choking and k-state laying an egg um you gotta think there is still hope for ku to win a game this season there is and there's reason to be optimistic in the sense of that they were short so many guys there will be opportunities to get a win at some point. It's just a matter of if they can capitalize on it. Texas uh, dismantled UTEP 39-3. to Sam Ellinger goes 25-33 through the air for 426 yards and five touchdowns. Great showing from the Texas defense to only hold UTEP to three points and Ellinger to do what he did through the air. Good start for the Longhorns to uh, begin 2020, even if it was against a very bad opponent in uh, UTEP there. Yeah, Texas looking like they're going to be obviously top half of the league, but at this point, it doesn't take much to be top half, at least through the first week. Uh, Texas, though, Sam Ellinger, final final season as a Longhorn. 
uh, you know, he's he's looking to make it count, it looks like. Uh, how about West Virginia? They uh, beat Eastern Kentucky 56-10. to uh, Jarrett Dagey goes 19-25 uh, through the air, 228 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Sinkfield had a good day on the ground, 123 yards and two touchdowns. Dagey's the guy. Austin Kendall is definitely going to be on the bench. And Western and uh, West Virginia was without what was it about 11, 12 guys due to suspension here. If you're West Virginia, I think you look at that that you have your quarterback, you have your running back, and you're only going to get better from here. I know they gave up 10 points, but uh, I think West Virginia might surprise some folks, Tom. Yeah, I think it is Eastern Kentucky, and and like I'd mentioned earlier, they got blasted 59 nothing by Marshall. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, you play an Eastern Kentucky team that you know that you're going to beat. Um, you're without starters. Uh, at that point, it's next man up. And now you know what you have as far as the second string goes. Oh, yeah. Um, so West Virginia has to be happy. You, you have to be happy here. You essentially won 56-10 to 10 with your second string. Um, you'll take that any day. And then uh, Texas Tech over – Houston Baptist, 35-33. to 33. Uh, we, we mentioned this earlier. This was embarrassing, no matter how you shake it. Matt Wells did not have a good first year with Texas Tech last year. And this type of performance, uh, certainly you shake your head. And Alan Bowman seemed like his first game in forever. He was 38-52, 430 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Reminds me in the sense to, um, of the same problem that Patrick Mahomes had at Texas Tech there. You have a terrific quarterback at hand, but with not a whole lot of help and a bad defense, he finds himself kind of doing too much. I mean, yeah, he had to. I mean, he it took it it took all of Alan Bowman's four hundred and thirty yards and two touchdowns to beat this team. Uh I mean, Houston Baptist had a uh, a two point conversion that they had missed and uh, you know, it could have been going O T. Uh Houston Baptist. I mean, this is a tech team that was favored by 40 points. Uh, not a good showing so far. No. Uh, Houston Baptist with uh, quite the cover on their part to uh, get that done there. So uh, that does it for uh, this edition of the Jones Report back on Thursday. And as always, you can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, uh, and uh, all your different podcast providers out there. Leave us a five-star review on social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at Thomas underscore Bridges, at TJ Media Group, and uh, Instagram, Tyler Jones Live, Insta Thomas, and uh, Jones underscore Report is uh, where you can find us there. And uh, show number one of the uh, postgame report is in the books. We'll see you later this week. For Thomas Bridges, I'm Tyler Jones saying so long. This has been another edition of the Jones Report. We'll see you next time.